How important is it to take yourself seriously? I mean, we all know we listen to this podcast. I'm 100% a total goofball. I like to have a good time. I like to joke around. But I take myself very seriously. And I take my goals and my dreams and the things that I want to accomplish also very seriously. At what point do you have to shut down the jokes and realize that what you're projecting is just as important as what you're feeling? Can people take you seriously if you don't take yourself seriously? We're going to talk about that and so much more this week on Tapping In. Enjoy the show. Bing, bong, bingo, bingo, bungo, bungo. We are going live. Baby, when I think about you. See, now you just want me to sing my version. Absolutely. I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Well, my version was Yours is much more interesting. Yeah. Instead of feel like making love, it was, feel like I'm about to come. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, Roy. Hey, baby. This is going to be something of a come down uh, podcast, unfortunately. Yeah, we had a real big high. Yeah. You yeah. know, we had uh, the king, and the superstar Gordon Ryan, and it's pretty cool. You know, I'm excited. It was a, and I'm going to be honest with you, Roy. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty good episode. I enjoyed listening to it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw what I posted, but it's uh, there were so many funny moments. In oh, that. I, can you please keep doing those? Of course, yeah. I love them. Pod because, gems, baby. And I want you to... Uh, yeah. I'm going to teach you how to invite Please. me. How to invite me as a? Um, I forget what the word is, but you can make it so that I so like it's it's both of us sharing it. Oh, okay, so it's cool. your post, but it also becomes one of my posts. Okay, cool. Uh, a collaborator. It's perfect. You got it. I'm like, yeah. I thought you were going to say you because remember you said I didn't know how to respond to people on Instagram. Well, you did it. I really don't. That poor guy. <laughs> I have no clue. Guy. But it's great. You know, you're interacting with them, and I think it's it's good for you. It's good for me. It's good for the podcast. No, it was good for Gordon. You know, I think people get to hear a little bit more of him other than just a typical, yeah. you know, how's DDS? How much do you owe to John? What was this? What right. was that? Tell us about the breakup. No, come on, man. Let's talk about yeah. some other shit. I wanted to... Look, he is an exceptional athlete and an exceptional human being. And I wanted to get across sort of like three things. Uh, just get beyond the athlete, number one, and... You know, obviously find out who made him, who, who was important to him in his life, and most importantly, your relationship with him. I mean, you're the star of this show, and he's stepping into your podcast, and I wanted to show just how important you were to his you know, growth. I, I really liked that part at the end. Uh, I thought it was cool. Uh, I think his story, I thought his stories were great, and I forget that some of these stories go back like 12, 13 years. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but I really, it's funny. I was, when we were leaving here, um, him and him and Nat came back to my house for a little bit mm-hmm. and that took him to the train station. And as we're driving, he starts laughing and then he's like, dude, that was a fucking, that was fun. I'm glad and I was that. like, I was like, Hey, he goes, yeah, he goes, I'm thinking about some of the shit that I just, said. <laughs> he goes, yeah, he goes, that was good. He goes, cause you guys just didn't ask the same fucking questions. He's like, it was like, all right, I get to talk about like, you know, electronics and cars and you That's know, fun exactly stuff. It. I He's wanted like, to cool. get beyond him as an athlete. Everybody he knows how he, how he does a Kimura and this and that shit. But that's why I said he's an exceptional, and I'll call him a kid because he could be my my son's age, but he's an exceptional kid. He really, really is. He has a maturity level that's beyond his years. And all the BS aside, I mean, he's handling things a lot different 
than I think a person his age handles things. No, he's he's doing great things. You know, and it's surprising, you know, because I even, you know, we even asked him, like, who are, who's advising you? And he's like, oh, he's like pretty much myself. <laughs> that's exactly it. I mean, like, I just look at spreadsheets and I'm like, yeah, these numbers. Yeah, and we match. were talking about that with you, like just how you see trends in things and he sees these things differently and which is a you know he's not just a jerky new jersey kid you know he really seems to have his uh his you know everything I, I, together I, i'd like to believe that maybe i taught him a little bit how to read trends, <laughs> i'm sure he did man how to read the room i'm not as dumb as i play or pretend to be i actually see a lot of what's going on yeah. and just you know i'll let people know that i don't see it i'm like oh no I mystic miguel no, but i that's what they call me on the mats, man. <laughs> That's what those young bucks used to call me, Manny and 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 Max. They're like Mystic Miguel strikes again, and I can just you know I just I truly believe in trends, in mm-hmm. behavior, yep. in stocks, in in athletics. You know, trends they are pay people a lot of money to do that. By the way, you know, if I could, if I knew how to look at you know the stock market, I could probably make a lot of money. Yeah. But you know, even look at something like the NFL right now, it's, you have coaches that are very, you know, follow the analytics. Mm-hmm. They're just looking at the trends and the right. statistics. Sean McVay, yeah. you got the guy in Miami, I forget his name. Uh, I, I do that with people and, yeah. and life decisions. Right. Absolutely. Just followed, I just followed the trend. Uh, I don't but, think I'm good at that, just so you know. Like, no? Like, I, I don't know. I, I look at people and I'm, like I said, I judge people whether they're an asshole or not, essentially, and whether I want to deal with them in my life. Some very, very few people impress me, but you know, when you do come across those types, they blow you away. Yeah, they really, really do because you're looking at a whole different type of cat, you know, a whole different type of human being there. Speaking of, uh, you know, people who are accomplishing things and blowing people away, we got to talk about this. It's we're almost three weeks removed, okay, and he has a match this Saturday for the finishers, for finishers, uh, sub only. Mm-hmm. But our very own Max Greenberg yeah. won uh, his weight class. IBJJ? IBJJF yeah. New York uh, Open. Right. Which I got to tell you, I was, oh, God, I was so happy for him. Yeah. And I wasn't happy because he won. Right. The, the winning is is great. Right. It was more so the, the, the payoff right. matching the effort and the investment. Yeah. He trains so much this guy's yeah. training seven days a week he's at tom's twice a week right right he's coaching the kids class he's kind con- you know he he's staying and actually getting extra work in mm-hmm. getting extra advice you know he's constantly messaging me or calling me to talk about stuff so to see him win right it wasn't about him winning a tournament like yeah like good for us it was, it was more so like you you deserve this moment yeah and i remember when we were done i told him you know i was super happy for him i almost cried a little bit because i was so happy for him right right but I told him, I was like, now this has to become the habit. Mm. The same way losing can become a habit. Can become a habit, And just start accepting that feeling of loss. I was like, see how you feel right now? This is now the new habit. Right. We search for this you feeling. You expect this level yeah. of success at this point. I was like, point. now you know you can yeah. do it. You keep fucking doing it. Yeah. And you know how to do it now. Yeah. So, congrats to Max. Uh, one of the, uh, just one of the better people on the planet just, oh, a, just a great just a good kid the whole thing kid. really really a talented athlete great and, family yeah great family. great family his uncle whenever he's in town comes yep. in to train and visits. i think his name's josh yes the uncle and uh, obviously the other yeah. fellow craig who's at now in our school yep which is i mean just great people jeez i mean yeah and what do they all have in common roy you 
Me? What? what? <laughs> they're 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 of the uh, you know Hebrew persuasion. Yeah. I'm gonna start running fucking temple out of here. I know. Listen, next Yom Kippur, we're here, baby. We're here. <laughs> You're gonna have a minion and the whole. Let's uh, do it. Yeah. I'm gonna. I already start. I listen. I already got birthdays running out of the school. We're gonna start doing bris. That, you sent me this thing today. I'm like, what the frick is he sending me this for? I like. Oh, so one of my students at work is okay. is Jewish. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I started telling him about the podcast. Yeah, I started yeah, telling yeah, him yeah. about you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's like, you know, New York Jew. Like, yeah, New Jersey gotcha. Jew. And, I got gotcha. you. Know, he's great. He cracks me up. And it was funny because they were talking about, you know, traveling. Uh-huh. And someone was like, oh, like, you know, I would go to Europe. He's like, I'd never go to Europe. <laughs> and they're like, so I'm like why right away i was like why wouldn't You're you go tuned to in. he's like are you serious he's like and you know because you know it, it's a mix of races there mm-hmm. in my classroom and he goes no 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 he's like my people have been in europe yeah. second i land they're gonna be like the jew the jew the jew yeah, exactly. he's like i'm not fucking going anywhere there he's like they already chased me out of there i'm not going back yeah exactly but I started, that's the way i feel too i started cracking i was like i know a 59 year old man that feels the same way <laughs> exactly so he told me a joke today and i was like i gotta share this with roy it was hilarious <laughs> he told me a couple other ones too but and Is then it? and then <laughs> it's funny because like my god you want to hear some jew jokes and i'm like sure tell me a couple of jew jokes <laughs> but then like this one guy in the back of class is like I got a couple Jew jokes. I was like, you don't say them. <laughs> I was like, do not say them. Take your fucking MAGA hat off and don't you dare say that joke. Oh, I was like, man. I was like, he says it. It's funny. You say it. All right. We need statements from everybody. <laughs> I was like, like, I got a couple Jew jokes. I'm like, no, no. I, and I'm the exact opposite. I'll, I love those jokes, man. Because oh, I, I, I just think it's if we just were, no reason to be that upset i mean listen obviously if they're telling holocaust jokes i don't want to hear that shit but you know it's it's funny as funny if we were in a private setting i'd be like all right you know are you cool and if he was like yeah but you know yeah. it's work <laughs> like i'm at work yeah no nah, the boss i'm like no no no, no. the last thing is like uh miguel coming to the office were you letting the students <laughs> make anti-semitic jokes like it didn't start that way <laughs> see i i don't like that's part of what we're going to talk about tonight, actually. just I just so do not identify as a victim that you can say any joke you want to me. I, I just will not take offense at these things unless it's abjectly, you're, you're in my face about it. But if you're just telling a joke, tell a joke, baby. Let it fly. Let it fly. Let it fly. Let it fly. You know? I mean... But yeah, you know we live in a world where everyone's super sensitive and scared. Some people are. But Some I'll, people I'll, are. I'll tell you what, though, Roy. What's up, babe? I think we're starting to see a lot of millennials and oh, Gen Xers. Absolutely. So, you know, my people. Yes. Slowly come like, listen, we've been quiet <laughs> long enough. Let's I can't believe you're to touching reality. on a lot of the things that we're going to talk about. I have tonight, no idea what you're talking about. Crazy. I have no idea what you're yeah. talking about. But, it, but here's, what, here's what brought this back. Okay. All right. So the baby boomers, you know, the older Gen Xers, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're a little bit old. They're just like, I don't give a fuck. Like, let right. me just retire, get give my social security. I'm in my crowd. Just give me right. peace. Absolutely. You know, the later Gen Xers, the millennials, my generation, right. we're, we're in that range where we're like, all right, listen, like, we didn't have internet, then we did have internet. We didn't have right. cell phones, then we did have cell phones. Mm-hmm. We've seen both, right? Mm-hmm. And we see what Gen Z's doing, and we were young not too long ago. Right. We're like, listen, we get it. 
We get it. Listen, I remember when George W. Bush ran and Eminem had an anti-Bush Strategize. song. Yeah. Yeah, strategize. You know, and George, you know, uh, you know, can't, you can't fool me twice. I've already been fooled. Fool me once. Yeah. Fool me, fool me once. Shame, shame on you. Fool, shame on me. No, shame on you. Fool me twice. <laughs> can't fool me again. I've already been fooled. <laughs> The he best was a freaking character. He was the best. He was a character, man. I actually saw him speak live. So <laughs> I really do feel like my generation is like the dad right. that's letting the kids rough house. Yeah. And we're like, hey, yeah, settle down. <laughs> hey. Hey. One of you's gonna get hurt. Settle the fuck down. And then the third time there's no warning. Yeah. It's just I'm up. The belt is the off, and it's like, in. get over here. Exactly. And they scatter. They're in the rooms. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh, oh. And I think that's what you're seeing now. And I'm seeing it because I'm noticing it in some of the podcasts. And maybe it's because of the podcast that I listen to. Yeah. People are like, well, of course you feel that way. Look at what you listen to. But I'm listening to Burt Kreishner. Funny dude. Hilarious. Not I hilarious find, in my book. I think his antics are hilarious. Can we say Funny that? Funny dude. I like Tom Segura. Him and Tom Segura are really funny together. Tom Segura is climbing up my ranks. Yeah, he's a very witty guy. He, I believe he's got a Spanish mom, a Colombian mom. Yeah. Some of that, and he started making jokes about his mom, and okay. I connected. <laughs> and that was it. That he talks about how he gave his mom an edible. She's like, Tom, why are you trying to kill me, Tom? And I'm like, oh, my God. He's a funny I want to give my mom edibles and see what happens. Very witty so, dude. So, and he's very like, just bland, like right there. It's very dry. I kind of right. like it. Where you don't know if he's joking or being serious, right, which right. kind of makes it even funnier. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing one of these episodes and I hear these like, it's like three voices and I'm like, wait, who are these? It's the Lawrence brothers from the early nineties. Oh, wow. Okay. Joey Lawrence Joey from Lawrence. Blossom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, his brother, Matt, and the youngest brother, Andy. Okay. So, they range from 47 to 44. Okay. To 35. Joey was the youngest or the mid? He's the oldest. The oldest. Okay. okay He's the oldest. Right. Uh, by the way, their last name is actually uh, uh, Mignone. Oh, are they? Yeah. And then okay. when he was five and became a model, a male actor, uh, the company- That ain't going to fly, Joey. They, they said they're, they're like <laughs> too ethnic. Same thing with uh, too John ethnic. Stewart. Yeah. All of them. Like, too ethnic. John Libowitz. Ain't gonna fly. Not gonna fly. John so, Stewart, leave it. There you go. His middle name was Lawrence. They're yeah. like Joseph Bingo. Lawrence. That's your name. So right. Then all the brothers had to follow suit. But it's it's Mignone or Love something. It. Mignone okay. or something like that. So they're Hollywood actors, which means they have to toe that line, right? Because Hollywood right. actors have to be very accepting, and they yeah. tend to be very liberal. And yes, yes, love yes. is love. Put yeah. the red red ribbon on my. You know, they're always wearing mm-hmm. the right ribbon. Right, right, right. You know, very socially woke, because they have to, because those people are going to go to the movies. You got to toe that line, absolutely. But I'm noticing now that these actors that are right around that age are kind of not playing the game anymore. Yeah, because they they brought up a family and they realized that the the cultural message it just doesn't yeah you know jive with the. You're you're hearing like some of the things that he said that I'm just like, yeah, you kind of think what's going on right now is bullshit too. Yeah, and you can just see where it's like. You let the kids play too much. You warn them someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. They're still not listening. Now it's time to take off the belt. And I think that's what America needs. America doesn't have to be great again. America needs to feel the belt. It's okay. time, it's uh, but time he, for but that here's, belt here's, to come here's, off the mantle. Let me, let me just tweak that for you here a little bit. 
Okay. This is, it has nothing to do with the generations. I never want to broad brush and say millennials are, are lazy or this or that. And the other thing and Gen Z are full of shit with their heads in the phone, all that crap. No, this is the first time that as a country we've ever had to deal with this, this abject cheating that occurred in the last election, this abject bullshit of coming down on opposition parties, uh, weaponizing the government that's been going on now. And it's really difficult to deal with. See, I don't think, and it's happening on the university level. It's happening on the school level. It's happening on the the media level. It's happening. It's just all around us. And I I think people are really, really having a hard time with this thing. And I don't know what, that's not a generational thing. That's a dangerous thing. So, so here's what I think, and I'm okay. going to go with you right now. Uh, I don't think it's the first time. I, I truly I've never don't. seen this before. Well, I mean, you could make reference to the the George Bush and Al Gore election, right? That's absolutely fine, right? But, but here's here, the difference: Al Gore's people were not indicted for for uh, for saying, "Hey, shenanigans went down." Did they ever really come out and say shenanigans went down or they just kind of... They said we got robbed and he accepted it. Al Gore graciously accepted it and moved away. There's there's a big difference. They're putting Trump's lawyers... <laughs> I, I don't even know if we want to post this podcast because of this stuff. I'm telling you right now, they are despicable for what well, they're doing to Trump. Here's what I want to and say. his lawyers. Here's what I'm going to say. And I'm not disagreeing with you, but I will say this. There's a big difference in prize fighting. When a fighter says, I got robbed, mm-hmm. and there's between that and a fighter saying, I got robbed, and then they sue the commission. Okay. okay. So with what happened with Gore, they're like, I got robbed, and then they're politicians. They went right back to playing the game and were like, mm-hmm. listen, shut the fuck up. We're all going to benefit from this. Everyone's going to make Here's money. Here's $100 million. Just yeah, go away. Don't I'll... worry. Go right. Go go tell people you invented the internet. All right. Inconvenient and it, truth. Yeah, and yeah. it is what it is. All right. Here's, here's global fucking warming. Right. All right. Whereas with someone like Trump... And I've said this so many times. He's not part of the club. Exactly. And that's the problem. He's not part of the club. So anyone that's like, oh, yeah, you know, these these long life, these lifelong politicians who are getting themselves mixed up with Trump. It's like, why are you hanging out with that guy? It's mm-hmm. like, what, dude? Like, he's, he's not a bad guy. It's like, and you can't hang out with us anymore. You yeah. can't sit at this table anymore. Yep. That's what's happening with that. And the biggest problem, and I don't want to say it's the biggest problem. But I think the biggest difference is that it's become so difficult to bury information now. There are so many things that you found out about through documentaries and 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 books years later mm-hmm. after elections. You know, Columbine. Now it's out right away. It comes out so fast that the second you say something, they're like, "You're a conspiracy theorist." That's a great point. And then four months later, it's like, "Told you so." Yeah, but that gets buried because there, there's a different level of media. There's a level of media like the New York Times, the Washington Post. Uh, like I look at my mom, for instance, she sits, unfortunately, she's in a, a hospital situation where she's just watching TV all day long. And I'm watching the newscast that she watches. It is abjectly biased and it's abjectly telling a particular agenda. 100%. And so they, she walks away and she goes, what's going on with Trump? And I said, they're really railroading this guy. They are basically interfering with the election, and they are railroading this guy. Okay? No other president has ever been treated this way. 
So getting back to your point of why well, is that? It's also very interesting that he's being treated this way. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even have the Republican that's that's yet. i was just about to say that's the problem in a nutshell they're trying to they're trying kill to kill that nomination and it's the republicans that are doing it to their own guy because he's not part of the club exactly and that's what smartest thing i ever heard someone told me one time democrats republicans two wings same bird same party they call it the uniparty yeah absolutely so, and, and it is and he's not part of that bird you look at his policies tax cuts for everybody you look at his policies america first okay I don't see why anybody would have a problem with it except the people that are either A, tribal, about they have to vote D for whatever reason, or they got, basically they do not like the idea of certain people doing well in this country. Well, there's just a lot of things that I I don't like that I'm seeing right now. Mm -hmm. I'm a big, I'm going to say I'm a big America first guy. Absolutely, as as we all should be. I'm a big America first guy, and I'm sorry, but it really does bother me. Mm -hmm. That we're sending all this money to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. What What are we doing in Hawaii? Hundred billion. What are we plus doing in Hawaii? Has Has gone to Ukraine so far. Robert Kennedy is talking about that too, and and they're burying him. Democrats. Dude, and here Here's another thing. I saw a lot of people. All right, and this is where social media. Mm-hmm. This is why I talk about. I don't believe that normal is a real thing. I believe that normal is a sand is a standard that is created by pop culture, Hollywood, mm-hmm. and the government. They tell you what normal is, and then they put a price tag on it, and they sell it to you. They sell you college. They sell you a four-year degree. They sell you a house. They sell you a white picket fence. They sell you what normal is so that they can feed their wallets off it. Because the reality is, there's no such thing as normal. Absolutely. I'm I'm a 38-year-old Puerto Rican kid that grew up with a single mom in a condo, and now here I am. I run my own business. I have a podcast. I have a six-figure career, and I'm the head ref for ADCC North America. One of those things for one person is an accomplishment. I'm doing it by myself. That's not fucking normal. I don't believe in normal. Mm-hmm. But when I tell people that, they think I'm crazy, and I'm like, no, no I'm living a fucking fantastic life. You want me to be in in, a, in, in an office from nine to five, four hundred one k? I'm not doing it. I am doing that. Plus, I'm chasing my dreams. So I don't believe in normal. I think normal is an illusion. So let's bring this back. Social media tells us what the trends are and what's normal. Mm -hmm. And little filters mean a lot. There was a day where everyone's screen was black to support, you know, black lives lives matter. matter. There was a day where everyone had a, I got vaxxed as their their ribbon. Everyone had the, the Ukrainian flag at one point. Right. I went to see a concert one time. Roy? And they had the Ukrainian flag flying. Roy? Yes. Where the fuck is the Hawaiian flag on people's? Absolutely great. Why is that filter not out there? Why do I really have to go to like these second or third hand Instagram accounts to see what's going on in Hawaii? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to do that? That's our country. Mm-hmm. That is a state. They pay their taxes. They vote. And here's an interesting thing about that state in particular. They are, I believe, a supermajority Democrat uh, state. Yes. Governor, Senate, House, completely controlled by one party. They have been talking about this for close to 15, 20 years from what I remember, where they say we got to control the wildfire threat. And they never did a damn thing about it. So I don't get why you would continue to vote for a particular party that does not have your best interests well, at heart you, and, at this point. And one of, you know, you have Tulsi Gabbard, 
who was, uh, I believe uh, she was a congresswoman or representative yep. for Hawaii as a Democrat. Yep. She left the party. Yep. Mm-hmm. She stepped down and left the party because she didn't like where it was headed. And she's, she's been very vocal about some of the things that happened. And then everyone, of course, you know, tries to undermine it and say, mm-hmm. like, that's not exactly what happened. It's like, no, I kind of believe her. It, you know, sometimes you need change. You need to do things a different way. Today, I was talking about uh, gun control with someone. And I said, you know, America ranks like last in gun violence. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, of course, because we're crazy. I was like, but do you know that if we eliminate five cities? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was like, holy shit. I was like, do you know if we eliminate five cities, we drop to like 115? Exactly. It was, it's actually one like 83 or something. 183. Crazy. He's like, what are those five cities? <laughs> and I was like, I can't remember all five of them, but I know it's like L.A., St. Louis. L.A., Chicago, St. Louis, um, Philadelphia, and uh, Detroit, Detroit, yeah. Detroit. There you go. And he was like, "Wow!" What's and then the common I saw, denominator? And I, I looked at him. I was like, "And do you know that all those cities have very strict gun laws?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "What else do they have in common?" And he didn't want to say it. <laughs> he didn't want to say it because he got a little upset when he found out that I was a I I voted Trump. Um, by the way, I also voted Obama. So. You know, that's the balance. It's the balance. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> balance. I'm happy to say I did not vote for him. It's balance. But uh, I did, unfortunately, vote for Gore and Kerry. Ooh, that's rough. And I went door to door for Bill Clinton. So <laughs> there you go. Better than going knees to floor. <laughs> Roy, I've been looking at you. You you look good. Roy, I got to tell you, I've always been a big fan of your matzo balls, Roy. <laughs> Hillary. <laughs> did, you have, did you have a proper brisk boy? Roy, I would love mm. to be your moil. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some of that cafilta fish, Roy. <laughs> so, I've had my eye on you. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Roy. When I saw you come into these offices, I said, everybody stop. I don't want him to pass over my door. You light, you turn me Keep on going, like Menorah, Roy. <laughs> I just want to spin you like a little dreidel. Front to back, back to front, Roy. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I could do that all night. But, but I, you know, and I, I told him, I was like, I was like, you know what it is. I was like, they're all, and then someone shouted out, Democrat. Exactly. And I was like, it's not, and it's not like I'm bashing one party or another. It's like, let's take a look at Let's all be America first, for God's sake. Whether you're Democrat or Republican, be America first. I just live very black and white. It's like, show me the numbers. Mm -hmm. Show me the Excel spreadsheet. Let me see what's going on. And then I can look at this and say, okay, these numbers don't lie. Okay. And now I can make a decision. I can say, oh, well, this doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. You've got all these rules, but you've got the worst violence. Yep. You know? It goes to show and you something. They'll turn that around by saying, "Well, if it's if it, the guns are coming from outside of our city, that kind of thing." But that's the U.S. Constitution, bud. Well, he said something like, "You know, it's amazing that you know you don't Florida's not on that list with their crazy gun laws." And I was like, "That's why they're not on that list, exactly, because you'll get shot." <laughs> I was like, and then I told him, I was like, "You know, historically, and this is I stole this from you." I was like, "Historically." Before a government started to overthrow its people and try to take over, the first thing they do is they take away their weapons. Hell yeah. And, and then... And talk then, about our our boy from the 1930s, that uber prick. Well, it's so funny because... But that was his first moment. Because the one guy who I was telling you has all these jokes, he's like, 
that's what happened in Germany, World War II. Took all go. my people's guns. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, my brother. I was like, you know, I'm Jewish, right? He said, oh, yeah. I was like, four percent homeboy, <laughs> Sephardic. <laughs> I mean, look, we could really get political about this whole thing, but the bottom line is this: if you're an American, you got to be America first, for God's sakes. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't like they always say if you're a particular party, they throw all these lines at you: you're racist, you're homophobic, you're this, then the other thing. No. What it is is this. We're cool with the immigration. Just make it legal. Come in the door like any other group. Come in and get processed. Support America. Listen, it, it, it's like anything else, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to work. You've got to provide for your right. family. You have to support. You have to do all these things. But if you go too hard doing everything for everyone else, and we say this to people all the time, yeah. like, you know, t- take some time for yourself. Mm. Take some time for yourself. Yep. We say this to individuals. I think as a country, it's time for America to take some time for itself. Exactly. And that's what Trump represents to me, to me, that, you know, listen, it's an American first policy. And I think his policies were great. So that's all I'm going to say about the guy. And I'll throw one one last thing in at this. I was talking, we got a guy in our school, uh, Steve Dowd. He works at um, ShopRite. Yes. He's a manager up there and a good dude. He uh, just really good guy. And. This really kind of bugged me, and I had to ask him, because I was standing in ShopRite, and they have these self-checkout things now, and I'm looking at this woman just basically throwing stuff in a bag and then walking out, okay? She's literally shoplifting right in front of Oh, Jesus. Okay? And I said to you know, uh, Steve, I go, Steve, as a, uh, as a ShopRite guy in management, how are you guys dealing with this stuff? Because the amount of theft that's going on right now is ridiculous i think it's it's something like a hundred billion dollars that retail is suffering through right now he goes there's nothing we can do he said we brought in security people um they look at tapes and all you can do is just go up to that person and say hey look we saw what you did you can't come in our store anymore and he goes and they come in the next day (laughs) it's like he was saying like they they come in it's it's like no one gives a shit so because there's nothing they can do well, that's the whole point. As a retail establishment, you in the old days, basically, if you caught somebody, you'd, you'd basically, you know, rely on police and and the legal structure to take care of this person. But unfortunately, that's not happening anymore, especially in blue states. So, and we are in a blue freaking state. We've 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 gotten to the point where we we gotta tell this to the kids to stop fighting. We can't tell them to stop fighting anymore. We gotta get up and. <laughs> yeah, the belt. pull the belt <laughs> but you're starting to see that now yeah you're starting to see where people are like you know let the shoplifters go and now they're just like no put it back right no put it back okay there's actually a video of a guy who took off his belt and beat some dude <laughs> at like his like 7-eleven <laughs> I, I thought that he pulls out it's a couple of Sikh fellas that uh that, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Th- but think about the stones on the guy that was like doing the robbery he pulls up a garbage pail yep. and starts emptying all this shit into the garbage pail That's with pure confidence with pure confidence because he knew this was in california of course what that, in cal no way and he knew i mean any state that has a law that says it's it's a misdemeanor to steal up to a thousand dollars i mean you, you're living in fucking crazy land and to what end that's the question what are they trying to accomplish with this shit? They want people to leave? I guess so, and people are fucking leaving these places. Yeah. 
That's Thank unfortunate. God. But all right, so we got real political. So anyway, congratulations, Max, on winning the New York Cup. <laughs> 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 all right, let me shift to sex here. Oh my God! All right, I, this is this is a real thing. Okay. All right. My son came to me. I go, Jay. What did you do this today? Oh God. Okay. Check this out. And and he gave me the he gave me the green light to tell the story. Okay. I said, Jay, what did you do today, buddy? And I go, I haven't seen you. And so he goes, um, I went on a Tinder date. And I said, what, oh, what is that, buddy? And he said, I missed that. I missed it. He said to me, I, I go, what is that? And he said, well, you, it's basically a hookup. I go, what do you mean? You, you left the house at one o'clock today. You, you banged some stranger and then you're back home. Is that the deal? And he goes, yeah. I go, what is that? <laughs> like, you've got to explain this to me. So he said he's done this over a hundred times. Good for him. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's quite the resume, Good my friend. For him. I mean, to him, he says it's a game at this point. Yeah. You got to explain this to me. So from what I understand and the way it works is a pretty simple concept. It basically eliminates all the all the fluff all, all the, the romanticism hey, the bullshit yeah but here's how it works it's yeah. like hey nice to meet you but it basically and i believe when it started i want to say like maybe 10 11 years ago because i found out about it at my bachelor party mm-hmm. one of my friends was using it and i was like what is this he goes he's like oh it's tinder and i'm like what is that yeah basically you see a picture of a girl you swipe one way it now lets her know that this person is interested in her Okay. And then if she likes it, she swipes that way too. And now you're talking to each other. It's a green light and boom. And you can start messaging each other. And now it's like, now we now we realize that there's no fluff. There's nothing. We just know we're attracted to each other. Okay, perfect then. That's a good thing in my book. Yes. So okay. now over the last but, decade, it's gotten to like, let's cut the fluff. What do you want to do? When can we get together? Right. You're That's smacked. what he said. And they're doing the thing. He said, I go, well, how do you approach this thing? He goes, well, I usually send them something cutesy, funny, you know, like dad humor kind of stuff. Like, you know, do you have a map? Because I'm getting lost in your eyes kind of thing. And That's he says, one. if they respond, you know, then it's a gimme. Here, tell them to use this one. Okay. Are your legs made out of butter? Because <laughs> I want to spread them. <laughs> All right, so this is the question I have after all that because I think it helps, obviously, to be a man whore, which is fine, you know, as guys. But, dude, how do you know you're not getting a woman whore on the on the other side of this whole thing? That, so that's, or does it even matter? Roy, this is what we talk about on this podcast all the time. This okay. is where I get my, my personal opinions from. This has changed the dating scene. It really has. And by changing the dating scene, it has changed the matrimony scene, and it is also changing the birth rate. Oh, without because a now every girl's going to be on birth control. Every dude's going to be mm-hmm. pulling out or wearing a condom. No one's having babies because no one's getting married because everyone's just too busy fucking. Right. And they're taking that short-term pleasure over the long-term game. Without a doubt, yeah. It makes it more difficult because now... Guys can get it way easier. Extremely easy. Absolutely. No, this is know, a guy's dream, when I, essentially. Oh I, when I saw it at my bachelor party, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I don't. As I was the, like, where was this exactly. three years ago? Exactly. I, I'd be a different man right now. Like, I just, it just is really, really blowing my so, mind. 
so now you're a guy and you realize how much smaller the world just became. Yeah. How are you going to get a, a serious relationship with that? And on top of that, it starts to devalue women because you start realizing how easily you're hooking up with these girls. Yeah. And you met her on Tinder. Mm-hmm. So right away, these girls don't realize like your value with these guys is already low. Right. Where you're like, maybe it'll become something. I doubt it. No way. I doubt Jason, it. And that's now that I know about this thing, when he brings this, you know, his prospective wife or whatever girlfriend, serious girlfriend home to me, that's going to be one of the first things going through my mind. Was this a Tinder chick? I, you know, how I many dicks sat, have gone through this girl? A lot. I sat in this office with someone mm-hmm. and I was having a conversation with them. And it was a, it was a male student. And while I was having the conversation, I can see them like, on their phone just and their fingers just going and i go what are you doing he goes uh tinder i'm just matching with everyone and i'm like <laughs> that's the moment I, I, I was like does that work he goes yeah he's like so if i do like 100 times maybe like you know 20 30 girls will match up with me and those 20 30 maybe like 10 of them want to keep having a conversation and of those 10 like you know i'll definitely hook up with one and then i'll just do it again tomorrow that is unbelievable i'm like oh my god I used to. Our Tinder was getting into the club and be like, hey, yeah. want to take a lap? Do a lap and see what the prospects were looking right. at. Be like, hey, the outside bar is where it's at today. Mm-hmm. Well, no, the DJ booth is where it's at. Well, I got a group here. You got a group there. Who's Who's got more? All right, this one's got five There's a romancing process yeah, that it, went on back then. It was a hunt. Yeah. It was a hunt, right. right? Dating when I was coming up, and definitely when you were coming up, it was a hunt. Yeah. You had to go out there, all right? Our weapons weren't that advanced. We had to develop our weapons. We had to yep. develop eye contact. We had to learn how to dance. We had to learn how to like spit game to a girl and say real creepy mm-hmm. dirtbag shit, but sound charming. Right? Like, are your legs made out of butter? Because I don't want to <laughs> spread them. You're disgusting. I know, and I'm really sorry. What I really want to say is that I think you're absolutely beautiful. Super girl in this place but and, i didn't want yeah. to say anything corny right they're like you should have said that and i was like no because if i would have said that i would have sounded like every other guy and you would have forgotten me like them because every single guy here is trying to talk to you right you're the first guy i talked to didn't tonight. you say grant pulled that grant pulled the <laughs> best one i've ever heard uh let me see if i can say it all right, parents, if you're listening to this with young children, <laughs> Put your, uh, mute it right now. If there's children, mute it right now. This guy goes up to a girl at the bar, and he's like, what's up? And she's like, hey. And he's like, so, you like getting your lit? Right. And she's like, you're disgusting. And he's like, what? And she leaves. Left. And I looked at him, and I was like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? He goes, <laughs> Oh no, girls are as horny as guys. He's like, let's That's see. the Tinder he goes, mentality. He goes, let's see if it works. And I'm right. like, dude, she walked away. He's like, the night's still young. Swear to you, at 125, 130 in the morning, just before last call, <laughs> we are sitting outside with a group of young ladies. And all of a sudden, this girl slaps him on the back. And he turns around and he's like, hey. And she's like, you're disgusting. He's like, I know I am, but let me be honest with you. I like to get licked. I figured you'd like to get licked too. And she was like, well, what if I do? Ah, and then he leans in. He goes, what if I like doing it? <laughs> and <laughs> that was it. And today they have two kids. No, no. they don't. <laughs> but like, I remember the next day I was like, dude, you literally pulled that off. He goes, bro, I just threw it out there. Saw what would happen. Right. 
He's like, listen, it's like going to a car dealership. Sometimes you're like, look, this is how much I'm paying. This <laughs> right. is what I got. Exactly. Make a deal. Yeah. He's like, no song and dance. But you know, these kids now, they basically just took that method, applied it to an app on their phone, changed the game. And I can't blame him, blame him as a guy it's, for playing this. Well, I just, if I had a daughter doing this shit, I'd be like, are you out of your that's mind? That's the game now. Get out of my and house. Look, it's in jujitsu too. You know, okay. we are a jujitsu podcast, so let's kind of bring right. it back, right? <laughs> <laughs> when when I was coming up in the early days, and you know, when you started too as well, right. uh, you know, I started 17 years ago. You had your teammates, and that's why you would join a team that had you know world champs and everything because you right. wanted to learn from them, and that's the only way you could learn from them, right? And every now and then a YouTube video, but now you have flow grappling oh the availability ufc yeah. fight pass. Okay. it's so easy to get it information is available available now. yeah available you want to learn from a world champ you can download their dvd right and it's almost like you're getting a private lesson yep so it's making everything easier it's making you it's making it easier for you to build up your resume because you have so much information. You're, these blue belts are looking better than some black belt world champs yeah. from 10 years ago. And it's all ago. because of the information down, you know. It, the information is so fast. Yeah. You're cutting through the middleman. There's no, I have to attend 100 classes. No, no, no. You got a day, you can sit down for seven hours and watch this whole DVD series. Yeah. And pinpoint the things you like and keep watching them and start implementing them today. There's today. an interesting thing as well, since we're going in this direction now. The information that's out there is really pretty damn good. It's so good. Like the people that are making these videos are pretty damn sharp. Well, because they have to. Yeah. Because if your DVD sucks, it's not going to sell because right. this person's going to be better. And then it becomes a point where your accolades don't even matter if you can't articulate your words right. and form a sentence. Gordon talked about that when he said that when he teaches his DVDs, you're getting a college course and you're getting a really good college course because he can break it down and right. explain it. Yeah. And that's why he charges what he charges. But it, it, it's the same thing with what's going on in the Tinder world. That's why you're seeing almost every girl now who's single is a fitness model. Every guy has abs because the the accessibility to getting what you want is so easy hmm. that now you got to keep up in other ways because everyone's doing the same thing. So you got to constantly improve yourself as right. well. So let me ask you this question. I don't want to keep burping. But at any rate, uh, so if you're, let's say, a fat guy or you're not a, a good-looking dude, <laughs> Okay. It's a sad world. No, no, maybe not though. You might be right. Like you might you might be on something. I always, I always go by like, you know, there's a there's an ass for every toilet seat. Um even a dog's asshole gets sunshine twice a day. Thank you. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so if you're you're like a not the best looking dude, but you still want to get some You could it seems to me you could. Now. You could. And that's God bless. Well here's what's gonna know? happen too. This is Here's my theory. Those are the guys that marry the girl on Tinder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In other words. Because by the time she realizes, like, Jesus, yeah. I've I've kind of been at this for a while. Yeah. I'm 30-something years old, still on mm -hmm. Tinder. Yeah. I got to, like, stop. All the guys who are still good-looking and attractive, they're like, honey, they're not why, touching that anymore. why? You don't walk away from the game when you're winning Super Bowls. I'm still hitting slam dunks. Right. I hit 60 home runs yesterday. You should see the 24-year-old that hooked up. That guy's not walking away from the game. Right. But that slightly heavy, not as good looking, yeah. shy guy right. will be so grateful that you swiped in, I don't know if it's left or right, but you swiped in the same direction as him. Mm -hmm. And he'll treat you well. And by that point, you want 
she's life. lowered her expectations. Yeah, you, you realize like, so hey, they kind of meet at that particular level, and it works. Wow, I can't tell you how many girls I've seen that with that. Like I, I knew when I was younger, and it's like wow, yeah. And I, it's like I remember what you dated when you were twenty one, twenty two. <laughs> Yeah. I remember those guys. Right. This is what it's like. I wish I could take a picture and get in a time machine and be like, "Hey, asshole, this is what you marry." <laughs> yeah, and be like, "So if you're smart, you'll say yes to me tonight." Yeah. <laughs> I saw a clip. So, of it. so one last thing about this thing, because I listen. He's beyond my control as far as like I'm just an advisor now to my son's life. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He, he's a, he's a grown man. He does what he does. But I asked him, I said, Jay, is this like, did, like, do they rate people? <laughs> like, is there like oh, a thing like, where they like just... it's Uber? Like goes, it's an Uber driver? Yeah. He goes, no, Dad, it's not like Yelp. And I He's said, right. are you sure? I mean... Man, could you imagine that would be the game? Are you like a one-pump chump kind of thing to certain that, girls? I mean... Could you, that's the future. It, that's what and I'm now saying. now you have a rating attached to you. It's like, oh my God. It's like, he's not that cute, but he's got eight eggplants oh my god it's and like, he I, took his time with me and he was loving and you know all that yeah. he told good jokes at, and he brought over some doordash or whatever yeah. you know what yeah, we made wine with we made uh we made <laughs> pizza with a wine bottle there you go boy <laughs> <laughs> knows what i'm talking about so uh, i was wondering if that was the case and he goes no no it's not like you i go are you sure buddy like maybe there's like a, a uh, girl side of this whole thing that they rate I know nothing about it. Wow. I've never been on it. I've never, I, I, I really, I don't know, but um, I just understand what it is and the concept behind it. But wow. I will say this. I heard a great line today. Yeah. It was by the man himself, the kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, high flying. Uh, Can't keep these, cr- you know, these uh, alligator oh, yeah. skins down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> alligator shoes down. Uh he said the nature boy Ric Flair for those that don't know woo he said it's actually Gary who sent me the clip he said ladies you'll never be first but you can all be next (laughs) (laughs) well it's like what a great line Flair was amazing the other line was as I remember he's like uh, uh, he was talking about Space Mountain he goes he goes oldest ride longest line Those were the days, man. Those guys were wild. Absolutely. It's funny. I was talking to someone about Hulk Hogan today, mm-hmm. and these young kids. Listen, don't... brother. Well, he's he's got an episode on Rogan. Uh, okay. You know, shameless plug, Joe Rogan. You know, it's a good podcast if you haven't heard it. I hear uh, he does okay. He does well, apparently. Apparently, gets like something like eleven million listeners a week. But uh, so he's on Rogan right now, and someone was like. Uh, He's like, yeah, you know, like these young guys don't know who he is, blah blah. blah. They don't know who Hulk Ho- who Hulk Hogan is. Know Hulk Hogan. Wow, they're in their twenties. They don't know. I guess so. All right. So I was like, dude, Hulk Hogan was the original Asai in Jesus. <laughs> okay. He said vitamins and prayers. Yes, that's true. He was telling us to take testosterone when we were kids before we even I knew what he meant. I am a real American. Fight for the right of every man. Great song. (laughs) That gets you hyped, bro. Absolutely. He'd come out pointing to the stands, those fucking 28-inch pythons. Then he'd point to the ring and let them be like, you, you macho man. Oh, my God. Hand to the ear. Absolutely. Rip the shirt off. That beautiful golden skin. (laughs) Yep. God, he was the man. 
<laughs> fucking Hulk Hogan. He was the dude, man. <sighs> and it's so funny watching his early videos because he was just trying to figure out the character. Yes. Like he didn't quite have it down, but he knew he was going to be king shit sooner or later. And just, I guess after the Rocky movie, yeah, Thunderlips. Once, once it hit, it hit. Yeah. yeah. And, and he really, really took it. God bless uh, he, that boy. He transcended the sport, man. Absolutely. Took the sport to a next level. And then he got taken <laughs> to my lawyers. Holy shit. It's funny how that happens. <laughs> All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Boom. Here's the uh, topic. <laughs> Who gives a shit? No, here's the topic. People are like, don't change topics. Keep going. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to go back to Gordon because Jesus Christ. I mean, the kid leaves an impression in my mind. Just uh, So I started saying, he's a guy that took himself seriously at a young age. Very much so. Okay. He had the goal. He had the skill sets and this and that, but he wasn't. Uh, you know, like he wasn't any different than anybody else with a dream kind of thing, except the fact that he took it seriously at such a young age. And that blows me away. Now there's a lot of these types, but I don't know back then if there were that many. So I wanted to just talk about the idea of taking yourself seriously, committing to the goals that you put forth in your head. And, you know, as a career advisor myself, it's like I see it all the time with these guys that just like are stuck in a cubicle or they're really, really unhappy with their careers. And they're not taking themselves seriously in the sense that, like, they're not embracing the industry they're in. They're not embracing the job that they've got. And they just basically while away their time until they get to about the age of 40, 45. And I'm like, why am I not a manager now? Kind of shit. It's because you've never made an impact in your set field. So that said, um, how do you, from your perspective, you've had a nice little run with the train and this and that in terms mm -hmm. of your career. You take that seriously, though. I do. Like, you embrace it. You you take it in the whole. Yeah, I really do. I used to. Uh, so, this is a true story. When I first started at New Jersey Transit, I never do anything just to kind of, like, want to do it. Like, even when I started jujitsu, you know, as as humorous as it sounds now, mm -hmm. my goal was to be, like, world champ, ADCC champ, UFC. Like, I wanted to be everything. And, you know, it didn't go that way. But that was my goal. That was my intention. And then, then you know, life happens. So, with work, I remember when I started working there, I was like, if I'm going to work here and this is my job, I don't want to be one of these guys just riding the train and collecting a check on Thursday. I was like, that's an empty, hollow existence mm -hmm. for me for me right. and i remember when they gave us the books and on the cover of the one book it had uh the the general chairman's name or the um the vice the president of the company's name new jersey mm -hmm. transit's name and i remember i like whited out his name and i wrote mine wow i was like miguel benitez and i remember i showed it to one of my classmates i was like today it's on whiteout tomorrow it'll be real and he started laughing he's like yo you're crazy and they were just getting to know me at that point. You know, we're in class. We were only in class right. for like three months. They didn't know who I was. 
And I remember I used to tell my aunt and my mom my plan. I was like, my plan is I'm going to work for transit for five years, mm-hmm. uh, get some money away, really establish my credit, do what I have to do. And then in five years, once I can hold a decent job, uh, I'm going to open up a school. And then hopefully by around the five to seven year mark, somewhere in there, I'll get moved up to management. I was like, I, whether it's as a train master or really in the train department. And then I can run the school at night. I can work during the day and I can make everything work. Right. And it'll it'll work out. And my mom and my aunt was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, my aunt thought it was a pipe dream. She was just, oh, yesing me to death because she was just like, I just want you to get a job, have health insurance, right, and right, be right. stable. Yeah. In other words, you know, she wasn't thinking in terms of the way you were thinking. She was thinking normal life. Yeah. You're thinking, what's the next step and what are the mileposts to get there? What is the next step and what's how's that going to get me to the step after that right, and right, the right. step after that? And that's that. what I mean about taking yourself seriously in your career, especially. So I really took my career seriously and... I wasn't on the trains for a long time. And when I got promoted, it did not come without controversy. Uh, but I was only on the train for about four and a half years. Uh, only two and a half years as a qualified conductor. So I knew I didn't have enough seniority to work to own a conduct job or just be a conductor. So what I did was I would make myself available. I would go into the into the office and I'd say, hey, do you need a conductor for this train? Right. You know, If it was snowing, I'd be like, do you need someone to move a train? I can conduct this train. And I would always, every day, I never worked my regular assignment. I just worked different assignments. Right. They would call me and say, hey, do you want to conduct in the yard? Do you want to do this in the yard? Do you want to go to Atlantic City? Do you want to go to, I was like, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Your white belt like, sponge, taking it all in. I was like, I, it, it was almost like, uh, I knew I wanted to be a world-class competitor, so I have to do every single local tournament first. Right. So I can have experience and learn and get comfortable. Right. So when I hit the four and a half year mark and you know they had an opening in the training department, now I was also very annoying to my, my former instructor, uh, Kevin. Every time I'd see him, I'd be like, Kevin, when are you going to give me the call? Kevin, when are you guys bringing people in? <laughs> Kevin, when are you going to bring me into the training department? Kevin, you know I can teach. And he's like, I know, I know. I got your name in my head. Don't worry. You need a little bit more time. Don't worry. I'm like, Kevin, you know I can already teach better than half the people you have there now. So when the opportunity came up, he literally called me on a Wednesday. At the time, I had Wednesday and Thursdays off. He calls me on Wednesday. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, I'm laying on the couch with my son. He's like, you ready to come to the train department? Nice. And I was like, yep. You've been called up to the majors. I was like, yep. He's like, perfect. Come to Newark Penn tomorrow. We have to have an interview. Make sure you know certain rules. And then we'll go forward from there. Nice. And I was like, tomorrow's my day off. How about I come to Newark on Friday? <laughs> he was like, he starts laughing. I he thought goes, you were going to say, I'm on the train. No, you know, no, no, no. No. You're calling the shots. I was like, how about I see you on Friday? Oh, my God. And he was like, you're hilarious. I'll see you Friday. And I went Friday. Um, they asked me certain questions about rules. I had to answer the questions on the rules. Like, you know, if you're operating in this territory, right. blah, 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 right. what do you do? I was like, boom, this, boom, this, boom, this. Uh, you know, what signal is it? I'm like, boom, this. Get through, get off of the job. I was temp. And then it was like, all right, right away, right out the gate. I was like, I want to go in the classroom. I went right, right to the classroom, yeah. started teaching, had some bumps here and there. You know, there right. was a little bit of a learning curve. But I knew what I wanted to do. And now I have I have plans for what I still want to do. Right. But then I opened up the school and it was perfect timing. So because I just opened up the school. And I remember uh my aunt Rosie was like, you know, 
you know, transit's a great job. You don't ever want to leave transit. I don't know why you would open up a school. You're, you're, right, you're going to yeah, bankrupt yeah. your family. You know, you're putting a lot at risk. You're going to be tired. She was very, like, concerned. And I remember my sister was like, why are you guys acting? Her and my Aunt Rosie and yeah, my mom. Yeah, she goes, yeah. why are you guys acting like he changed his plan? She's like, you should know by now that if he says he's going to do something, he fucking does it. Right, right. She's like, open that school up. She's like, it'll wow. have 500 students in a year. My sister's always been the one who like... Speaking of your sister, her. she's on Instagram and... I, my God, she takes some sexy pictures. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry, she's brother. In, she's in Cancun right now. She just takes some sexy pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. Good for her. All right. She's out there. All right. So... Tits all out. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it. I thought it. <laughs> I didn't say it though. I was whatever. Yeah. It's like Katie Hooven put together. We love Katie. Uh, she put together this uh, Instagram thing where she's like modeling a bikini. Yeah. And I'm like Jesus Christ, Katie. What yeah. are you doing? There? Like I'll look at all of Katie's stuff, and the second she's like, it's like, who wants cake? I'm like, next. And <laughs> I've told exactly her. Yes. I've told her. I was like, I look, Katie. Will. You're melting the internet with this shit. I've told her. I was like, I'll never, I'll never save any of those. I'll never like any of those. I was like, just no, not doing it. She's like, you're so funny. I was like, can't. And she's an ass kicker too. I mean, she's a tough girl. She's great. She's the she best. really is just great personality. Um, all right, so let's aside from the train. Now let's flip that over to taking yourself seriously as a gym owner. Uh huh. Because we've had this discussion. There are certain gyms and certain owners that you've had opinions about, and we don't need to get specific about that. But there's a certain level of taking yourself seriously as a gym owner. School yeah, owner. So, so there's certain things you have to do. I think one of the things is you have to be present. You have to be at the school every day. You have to make sure, even if like there's a day where I'm not teaching, I'm still at the school. Right. Right. You know, just to be seen and make a presence felt. Another one of those things is you really have to, you know, this is something Tom used to always say. And the second I start getting a little out of shape, he's the first one to be like, you can't do that. <laughs> and and he, he makes a valid point, which is when people come into the school, you know, right away they're thinking, okay, I want to, I want to train jujitsu. I want to get in shape. I want to look like the guys I see on TV. Right, right. If you walk out and you're 300 pounds and you got tits and you know, you know, you just don't look good. Right. Why would they want to learn from you? Right. You got to give them something. When they see it, they're like, I want it. That. That's what I want to be. Right. I want to look like that guy. You know, that's why I tell the young guys, I'm like, yo, don't be scared to take off your shirts and walk around. You know, let people know, like, yeah, you know, we got guys like. You know, Alan Cordella is ripped. Yep. Ripped. He really is. You're almost 60. You're in great shape. I remember Hell yeah. When we were at, um, uh, I forget what it was, what event, and you met the guys oh, from the Ocean County. Yeah, UCI. And they were like, holy shit, you're jacked. And you're like, yeah, you know, I take care of myself. <laughs> you know, they, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's important to look the role. It's important to give something what people want. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Someone goes into like an orange theory or a retro fitness and they have pictures of like, you know, the 400 pound guys. Now they have pictures of Arnold at Gold's right. gym. Yeah. You know, this is what you can attain. This is what you can be. You know, for me, I don't have like the jacked muscles or anything. You know, I'm in pretty good shape. You know, I've got decent size. But, you know, I, I show, you know, the pictures of me working with the Rutgers football team, right. the ADCC pictures. That lets people know right away, like, hey, guess what? This is a serious place. Like, I, like the instructor's mm-hmm. not just dicking around and, you know, you, but you got to let people know, like, if I'm going to charge you a serious dollar amount and sell you a serious spiel, 
I better have everything in this school serious. And that's why even when we were in the smaller academy, the school had gotten to a point where I could really start giving myself a nice salary. Right. Or we expand. We expand and make us get a school that's twice the size, make it look way nicer and invest, spend spend and invest twice as much on the second one right. as we did on the first one. Because that's also my way of telling the story, the students like, hey, this is the return on your investment. You know, okay. I, I always tell you guys, I built the first school. That was me. Right. The students built the second school. And I think it, it says something when students come in. It's like, you you built this school by paying your monthly membership. And I take your membership seriously. And I gave back to you. I gave back by adding more coaches, adding this, adding heavy bags. I always try to give it back to the school. Right, right. Because right. it shows the students, I take the school seriously. Yeah. I'm not, you know, that, you know, I, there's a school not far from here that's been open longer than me. They still run it out of clubs or out of, you know, <laughs> a gym or out of the, it's like, you've been open 10 years. How do you not have your own space now? That tells me you don't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And it has to be taken seriously. And I don't like the excuse of, oh, well, this person only runs their school part-time. Bullshit, I have a full-time job too. And my, my full-time job is actually pretty stressful. And it has a lot of responsibility. And there's a lot going on with that you're job. You're taking yourself seriously and you're taking your school seriously. And, and I, But the problem is, is that when you go to one of these schools and you see the person maybe they let shit go down and you know maybe they're allowing like too much there's no rules in the school you know you you've seen these schools oh for sure and they exist and they're out there and they they smell when you walk in i mean the whole thing oh the smelling when you walk in that's not something i can tolerate that's just disgusting that's just a simple like that's just lack of care to be honest with you so one last thing about you though um as, as far as the other activity that you're doing right now you're really really taking this seriously as far as being a referee head referee at adcc i mean that's number one the the prestige that goes with it but you need to fulfill these expectations yes so with adcc i uh, and that's another one when i first got the call to do uh the east coast trials Mm -hmm. uh it was more so as a As a favor because Tom needed, we needed people because uh, during the COVIDious times, we couldn't get the refs in from Finland. They were stuck over there. They had visa issues. You know, it was what it was. So we needed referees. Um, so I went in and, and after I did it, I, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun doing it. I felt like it was something that I could really get into. And then I got the phone call to do West Coast Trials. And I was like, ooh, well, this is something different. And now I'm like, maybe this could become something a little bit more. And when I was at, by the time I got to West Coast Trials, that's when I started getting it in my head. Let's do more with this. Right. So when I went to West Coast Trials, and I want to talk about this in a little more detail, if you don't mind. But when I went to West Coast Trials, and I've talked about this on the podcast, it was never like, holy shit, this is so exciting. I'm doing West Coast Trials. Uh, you know, let me have a good time. I'm in Vegas. Let me have some right. fun. This could be a one-shot deal. Yeah. So fuck it. I'm just going to have a yeah. good time. No, you right. took it seriously. I took it you very took seriously. seriously. And I remember after that first night, I I went upstairs and I got dinner. I remember I got the the 
beef tacos from like the little like street taco place inside right. the hotel. I went to my room. I got to my room at around 8.30 and I ate my food. I made myself one Jack and Coke to just kind of relax. And I laid in the shower for like maybe 30 minutes because my legs were just so sore yeah. from just uh, running around. Side note, earlier that day we had been told two mats would only have one ref. And I immediately shot up my hand. I was like, I'll take one of those mats. Right. So I think, you know, it was like an 11 hour day, uh, you know, from like seven to six or something like that. And uh, I, I only had three 20 minute breaks for the whole day. And not because they didn't try to get me off. I just refused to step off the mats. I was like, I'm, I, I wanted to put it on tape. Right. I wanted to get every single match, show them that I can do it and try to get Mo's attention and let him know like, hey, maybe, maybe bring me to worlds i'm taking this real seriously yeah yeah so uh i remember gary called me that night he's like hey what are you doing you want to come out and i'm like ah dude i don't think i'm coming out tonight he's like you sure he's like it's me and it was you know a you know a, a big mma fighter and i was like no nah, i can't do it i was like i was like, i can't do it he's like all right brother he called me like maybe an hour later he's like yo you sure you don't want to come out tonight i was like <laughs> i'm positive dude and it's not that i didn't want to go out I just understood that the next day was a big day. Yeah. And I had to be ready. And thank God, because that second day was the day that I got the Damian uh, Anderson and Andrew Tackett match. And that's the match that yeah. kind of caught everyone's attention. And it was like, you know, I handled the situation textbook. All right. The way I was instructed. And that's kind of what got Mo's attention. He's like, yeah. So I kind of jokingly told Mo, I was like, hey, so I'll see you at Worlds. And he's like, oh, I don't know, man. You've only been doing, you've only done like two events. And what people forget is I also did the ADCC Open that Thursday. So I refed all day Thursday. I'm sorry, no. <coughs> that was for Worlds. Worlds, we had to do the Open. But I bought a ticket for ADCC. I bought two tickets because I was going to go to watch. I was like, well, you know, uh, at least it'll be cool to just watch it. Right, I refed right. it, you know, let's be in the atmosphere. Uh, you know, maybe I can see Mo and, you know, get a backstage pass or something. And, you know, uh, probably like a couple months before, and he gave me a call. He's like, do you want to come to Vegas for Worlds? That's and I was beautiful. like, sure. What do you want me to do? He's like, I want you to fucking ref. And then we've talked about that and everything that came up. But I took it very seriously, and I still take it seriously. Um, you know, watching a lot of videotapes. I'm, sur I'm watching some of the old matches that I refed. I'm constantly watching new matches and just critiquing little things like, you know, could that have been reset here? Could I have done that here? Yeah. When I ref the opens, I do little things. Like, let's say they're in a position where I don't need to reset them, but I can reset them. Right. I always reset them. Not because it's like, oh, let's just move, but it's like, let me get practice resetting them. All right. We're kind of on the edge. We got plenty of room, but you know what? Stop, reset. Let's get you in the middle. Because I don't want the first time I say stop, reset, to be at AT&T, uh, at T-Mobile Arena, in front of 18,000 people. Right, right, right. And then I forget an underhook, or I forget this. So, constantly rewatching matches. I'll even, side note, I haven't told this anyone, I'll watch some jujitsu matches, pause the match for like five seconds, and try to remember where they're at. And then I'll hit play. And nice. I'm like, okay, shit. I mean, Mo's putting out top-notch product in the sport and you 
are basically fulfilling exactly what he's looking for in a referee. But that's what it should be. Yeah. And that's what the sport has to do. Yeah. Everyone's getting all excited about how great jiu-jitsu is growing, right? You know, T-Mobile Arena, ADCC, all these big paydays. Right. That also comes with a sacrifice. And that means if you want the sport to be treated seriously and taken to that next level, you've got to stop treating it like a fucking amateur sport. Yeah. So if you're going to be a ref for ADCC, be a ref. Right. Don't be a part-time ref. Don't be a guy that shows up and is just happy to be there, standing in the corner, watching a match, forgetting the time, waiting for the tape. No, no, no. Learn your fucking job. Yeah. Master your craft. If you master your craft, there's no limit to what you can do. If you master what you do and become good at it, no one can tell you a fucking thing. That's right. And that was told to me by my mentor, the late Jermaine Jenkins, who was my mentor at work. And he said, kid, you can control your seniority at this job. And he broke it down for me based on jobs. He's like, if you learn your job and you master your craft, no one can tell you a fucking thing. Right. And you can do whatever you want because you know what you're doing. I treat the ADCC roughing the same exact way. Beautiful. That's what I'm talking about. Next thing that you take seriously in your life, your relationships. I see so many people just take their, I don't know, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, whatever it happens to be. I'm glad you brought that your, up. Your significant other, however you want to phrase it. Uh, they don't take it seriously. I mean, you can't, and not every day can be, oh, lovey-dovey, here's some flowers kind of thing, but do not take it for granted, your relationships. So, I mean, I hate to say it. I know it goes back to your personal, what you, you know, what you have. No, with no, your- and I'm glad you brought it up, and I wanted to talk about this because I talked about how I focus for my job, how I focus on the school, but there's also sacrifices that I make that people don't yeah. see. When I'm with my family, because my family sacrifices so much time, like even like a day like today, you know, I was only at my house for maybe 45 minutes, right? Because Wednesdays I teach the kids class. Go home, jump in my new little ice pod. I got like a, you know, $150 ice bath, got the cheap one. (laughs) Did you really? I did because I really enjoy it and I want want to get into it. (laughs) So I put the ice in and Juliana's so cute because I told she goes, what is this? I was like, yeah, you sitting in it. Makes you cold and it helps your body feel better, but it also, you know, helps your brain. She's like, it helps your brain? And I'm like, yeah. So she got in it with oh me. Oh, my God. And she's like, this is helping my brain? I was like, yeah, baby. <laughs> but not every day she wants to get in it with me. So, like, she'll just stand because she's like, I'm not sitting in this. It's cold as shit. <laughs> that is awesome. And she's like, helping my brain. So today, Benny got it. He's like, ah! 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 <laughs> but he, you know, he sat for 20 seconds. I think you're so, nuts, man. So... <laughs> I love it. Uh, I preferably I like to do it in the morning, but so who gave you this advice? I gotta know, dude. It's it's a it's the latest trend. I know, I right? Know. And everyone's but, doing. But it. somebody had to say you got to get this thing. Nobody said you had to get this thing. Right. I have actually been doing the cold shower technique for right. a, for a while. Right. Uh, and there's a reason for it because I I saw something like a prison documentary one time that. Okay. When you get stabbed, your body tenses up, which is the same reaction to when you get hit with cold water. Right. Okay. So this inmate was taking cold showers so that if he ever got shanked, his body would stay relaxed. And I was like, oh, I should <laughs> wow. probably start doing that. And then I started doing the cold showers and I felt the benefits of it. And then I kind of got away from it because you're in the shower and it's too easy to just turn the knob. Absolutely. So I was like, you know, what? I just want the fucking tub. So finally, it was actually Gordon got one. I knew it. Listen. This kid's very in tune with what's happening with his body. He's no bullshit. But there's also certain things. But he had one. That's why I asked him. Like, if Tom had one, I'd be like, did you like it? And, you know, because these are people that are going to give me honest, genuine answers. Right. Yeah. And I'm, and this is what he said to me. He goes, I don't know if it's doing shit for my body. 
He's like, I don't know if it's helping me heal better. That I think doesn't sound like Gordon he at goes, all. He's like, he's like, listen, Gordon. He's like, listen. <laughs> I don't know if it's fucking making me feel better. He's like, I don't, I don't know. He goes, but I will say this: when I do it, I'm like, I'm a lot sharper when I train, and I'm more open to techniques and moves, and I can see things a little bit differently. Okay. He's like, so I will notice that. I will say that I've noticed that, like mentally, since I started doing it. And then it, it triggered my thoughts. I remember when I was doing the cold showers, that's when I started doing all the uh, the Instagram reels from the truck. And I'm like, I wonder if there's something, because I'd be I'd be alert, 536, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm awake. And I, so yeah. I was like, you know what? I want to get the fucking tub. So I told Steph, she's like, let's do this, babe. Before you spend, you know, a couple thousand dollars on a tub, why don't you get one for a hundred bucks? <laughs> she's smart. She's, she's like, smart. She's like, if you're dedicated enough to fill it up with ice every day and sit in it, right. make the investment. Yeah. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> You're calling my bluff. I was like, she's fucking right. <laughs> but she was very impressed the other day when I she was taking a shower and I came up. So she's like, why are you wet? I was like, I went in the tub. She's like, <gasps> but I'm alert. She's like, is it cold? I was like, it's very cold. She's like, good for you. I was like, you want to go in? She's like, absolutely not. <laughs> the way she's, she's like, absolutely not. Like, why would you ask? That's a no. Yeah, those those days are right. But but no, I I thoroughly enjoyed. I love that Juliana likes to do it, and Benny's getting in it. So, well, I you know it's funny. I was asking my son the other day because we were walking around, and some days, like you feel like a beast when I go to the gym and I lift, and I just feel like a fucking beast. I'm throwing up heavy weight the whole thing. Oh and yeah. Other days, I'm such a pussy. It's like I just can't get heavy weights <laughs> up, and I'm like, what is this? What's this? What's this? My test levels are low. What's this? Maybe What's I don't this? know, but so is, I, you know, because my son's going, in, he's going to be a, a doctor or physician assistant, whatever they call it. And I'm like, Jay, is there like some sort of like biorhythm that I should be doing, or food I got to eat, or you know, some kind of shit? What yeah, you need it? you need vitamin T. Yeah, but anyway, or why why not? Because I heard it's a permanent thing. You got to continue to do it. That's not necessarily true. Okay. And I mean, I just I, I just started taking creatine again because I'm, I'm uh, I just heard it's good for people my age. Let me tell you something. If you got on test, bro, yeah, you would wake up and be like, "Holy!" What did you shit. take it on a day? No, you take it like twice a week. Or once no, I'm a saying week. it gives you that feeling of ready to take on the day kind of thing. Oh, it, it's okay. You're Captain <laughs> yeah. America. You just stepped okay. out of the machine. You're fucking jacked all of a sudden. Nice. You're like, yeah, let's go. So that's what I'm saying. Like when you do that, I, I was looking for that that sort of like magic bullet that would give me the the day the day by day good feeling of, of being able to toss up weight. Call testosterone. <laughs> okay, we'll have to have that discussion outside of it. But anyway, so relationships super duper important. Whether it's with your kids, whether it's with your parents. Whether it's with your spouse. Oh, but that yeah, that's what I was talking about. I went on that fucking long yeah. tangent. Uh, when I'm home, because you know I was home for a day for forty five minutes, right. but I those forty five minutes were I was in the pool with Benny, I was in the cold tub with Juliana, I'm talking to Steph. When I come home at night and Steph's still awake, I'm tired. I've been talking all day, yeah. I've been teaching all day, teaching all night. You know what I don't want to do? I don't want to talk. I don't want to listen. You know what I do? I shut the fuck up. And I listen to my wife yeah. and I listen to everything she wants to talk about. And I give her my undivided attention. I don't look at the TV. I don't look at my phone on the weekends. when We do things as a family. We put the phone away and that takes work and that is effort. But we put the phone away. I give my kids undivided attention. I do my best to make sure like, hey, you lost a lot of time during the week. 
you're getting it all back right now. Right. And I do feel that that's helped our relationship and made it easier when they're like, Daddy, are you staying home? I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to the school. They're like, okay, see you tomorrow. Because they know soon you're, they're going to get the time back. And they you. get it. And they know, like, listen, when he's home, he's home. He's home. Got it. And tomorrow we got something really nice planned that I'm very excited for. Uh-huh. I can't wait. I guess you don't want to make a uh, a public statement of it. No, we're going to the. Uh, I'm we're you know I'm a big football fan. I'm a New York Giants fan. So tomorrow night, and well, by the time you hear this, it would have already have happened. But tomorrow, the New York Giants is their third annual uh, family fun fest. Oh. And what they do is they host an open practice in the, in the stadium. It's free. Love it. Uh, so we're you know you get there early. You meet the players. They sign autographs. Cool you shit. watch them practice, and then they do fireworks now we went last year but from the time they were done practicing to the time the fireworks happened it was like a solid two hours wow and you're just sitting in the stadium like so we just walked around with the kids and because they really want to see the fireworks but this year they got smart so not only are they going to have to practice but after the practice after the practice on the big jumbotrons they're going to play the super mario movie no, that's pretty cool. Then the fireworks. The kids are like Steph's bananas like, for it. Oh, Benny doesn't know. Oh, nice. Steph's like, Benny's going to lose his shit when he sees Mario <laughs> on that massive Jumbotron. Yep. So we're very excited. Uh, I don't want to even get you started on this, but <clears throat> if you can keep it to 30 seconds, I am curious. If you could get a conversation with any one of the Giants right now, who would it be? Joe Shane. Really? Yeah. Not uh, Danny Dimes or nope. uh, Saquon or anything? Nope. Wow. I want to talk to Joe Shane. That's a cool uh, conversation. I want to talk to the guy who's figuring what out how to, thoughts on- how to build a team. I love everything that Joe Shane has done with these contracts. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's what I would fucking do. Okay. I'm like, that is so smart. Okay. You know, not to bore people, but... You know, something like uh, Daniel Jones got this crazy contract. Four years, $160 million, $82 million guaranteed. But the guarantee is only for the first two years. So if after two years he's not the guy, they can cancel the contract. Right on. And there's no dead cap. He costs them nothing, which a lot of teams eat it. You know, so if you're a pro sports player and you get cut from your team, but you still have guaranteed money, Mm -hmm. even if you're cut, you still have to get paid. So it's essentially paying for a product you no longer have. So when I hear how he does these contracts, I'm like, you're seeing things. He does things where he's like, I'm going to give you what you want, but yeah. I'm going to do it in a way that benefits me. Of course. And I would just love he's to talk to He's got the one-year plan, the three-year plan, and the five-year plan. But someone who can do that at that level, yeah. if you can start applying those mechanics to your whole life, yep. where it's like, I'm going to lose a little bit of ground, but I'm going to gain way more. Yeah. And no matter what, even if I lose, I win. Yeah. It's like, oh, you should have never given Daniel Jones that contract. You're right. I shouldn't have, but I still win because I only had to keep him for two years. And now he cost me nothing. Clean breakup. Right. Saquon Barkley didn't want the franchise tag. Was it enough money? Fine, we won't give you a franchise tag. I'll give you a one-year contract for the same value. Right. But I'll give you a million dollars worth of incentives. So that's the, and that's a the $2 million conversation you want to have, though. Yeah, it's like you That'd found cool a way to give him the money yeah. without giving him the money. All right. I like it. It's like that's that's a very intelligent person. All right, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, that uh, Joe Shane. All right, cool. Um, I was listening to a podcast, not a podcast. I, I, I saw a YouTube video of NPR um, Radio. No, I don't listen to that crap. AARP station. <laughs> no, <laughs> AARP. 
that's <laughs> yeah, my that's my demographic these days what can i tell you no no there's this guy uh charlemagne i don't, I don't I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne the God, hell yeah, yeah from Hot 97. Yeah, he's yeah, The Breakfast Club. He's yapping about just victimhood and victimhood and victimhood. And I'm like, my God, how do you take yourself seriously if that's the shit you're talking about? Charlemagne is the uh, host I mean, I know he's a wealthy show. guy now, so I'm not taking anything away from him. He's found the grift, but... For the average guy, the average person that's pulling this woke slash victimhood kind of thought process in their head, no, that's going nowhere for you in life. You're not taking yourself seriously. So I will say this about Charlemagne. You got to listen to a lot more from him because he will get in there. Charlemagne is the guy who interviewed Joe Biden. And yeah, and Biden at, said, you ain't black if you're not you voting for me. Right, and you, did you, and it, he did you hear did, what Charlemagne said after that? <laughs> Yes, and I'll tell you why I know that, because Larry Elder just recently confronted him about why didn't you say something back to Biden after he, he said that. He Not did. Not like the way he said it, because even Charlemagne said, I really didn't handle that well. He, well, dude, you're not expecting to hear that. But he said, he says, that has nothing to do with being black. He's like, I'm asking you a question. He goes, he goes, ah, oh, he's like, all right. And Larry Elder called him. He called him on it, and he said, you did not confront him on this. But at any rate, he's sitting there. He's talking to uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's running, running for the uh, Republican uh, presidential uh, thing. And, you know, the guy's not going to win, but the bottom line is that he's a real sharp dude, Vivek. Mm -hmm. And Charlemagne's throwing this bullshit victimhood spiel at this guy, and Vivek just swats him, just absolutely swats him out of the uh, ballpark, but just... How do you can go through life as a victim? I just, you're not taking yourself seriously. Well, I think it's kind of ironic when you have someone like Charlemagne playing the victim card when they themselves didn't guy. play the victim card. Exactly. They found a way to rise above it. Yeah. And then, you know, they'll tell you how hard it was, but you got to, you know, you also got to understand, like, I haven't listened to the clip, so I can't really make too many, too many statements. Mm -hmm. But I think what happens with a lot of times with certain people is they say that one clip that kind of catches on and then they realize that they can, you know, reach a certain demographic that'll keep them, you know, where they want to be in a status yeah. and they just keep feeding that machine. They just keep, it's no different than like a pop star who has one hit song and then they just keep remaking keep different it, versions right. of that song. But that's not what I'm getting at what I'm saying. And, and even in terms of careers, I remember interviewing a woman, my, in fact, my next door neighbor, three doors down from me, uh, on the bottom of her resume, she had all these like grievance kind of groups. And I said to her, I go, you got to take this off your resume because you're not taking yourself seriously. Nobody that's an employer is going to look at that and say, I want this kind of person in my company. And, you know, she got it. It was a tough pill for her to swallow because she thinks it's so important in her life. And I said, I, I get it that it's really important to you, but this is not taking yourself and your career seriously by putting that kind of stuff on your resume. And I just don't understand. Just I, I try and talk to people like they're my kids, and I just say, listen, don't get caught up in that kind of thinking. So it's very hard for me mm -hmm. to really talk on this topic a lot because I don't have a lot of experience with that. Yeah. I grew up in a house where... You could you know, easily think of yourself as a victim. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing. I grew up with someone who had me at 17 years old right. and never thought of herself as a victim. Never thought about like, 
you know, the system's not geared for me. I can't get any good jobs because I'm so young, you know, and start, you know, feeding off the system. My mom went to fucking work. She went to work and worked multiple jobs. And then she realized she wanted to make things different for me. She wanted to give me better opportunities. What she did, she paid for private school. Right. right. Keep in mind, we would pull up to private school, and these were, you know, it was it was a nice school in Hamilton, uh, and you know the parents had nice cars, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I remember there were times where my mom would drive me, and you know she'd have a gallon of water in the in the in the trunk because the car would overheat. Right. And before we left, she'd have to put water in there to make sure we could get home because she wasn't putting money towards a new car or what she was wearing. All the money went towards my schooling right. and making sure. I looked the part. That was one thing my mom, she said, no matter how much money I had or didn't have, you had to look and dress right. well. And, you know, it, it was always in a respectful way, too. Like, you know, I was wearing penny loafers with like, in, in like, like seven years old. You know, I was wearing khaki pants and I was wearing polos and, you know, I was growing up in trend dressing Please like tell this. me you had an ascot. No, no ascot. I, was, <laughs> I, looked like, I looked like a fucking Puerto Rican Carlton. But, you know, that was my yeah. mom's. And, you know, never that victim mentality. It was always just, you know, this is life. You know, be better. Yeah. Be better. Break the cycle. I love that message. My That's mom's the big message. thing was always break the cycle. Right. Break the cycle. Be better. You know, so wow. she wanted to break the cycle and I love put us that. in private schools. And then when she couldn't keep fame, paying for the private school, she's like, you know what? We're just going to move to the suburbs. Because then I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Yeah. Instead of spending three, $4,000 a month on private school, you know, Get an apartment or get a condo, pay the rent, and now we're in a good school system. Right. And I have the same mentality, which is, you know, I want to be better and break that cycle for my kids so that they can be better. And then the next generation will be better. You know, I, I didn't graduate college. And... You know, I'm doing pretty well for not having a college degree. But my goal is to get to a point where my kids have the option to go graduate college. It becomes easy for them. And then my grandkids will become lawyers and then senators. And then it just keeps going. But it all started Mm -hmm. because one 17-year-old girl got pregnant and decided to go to fucking work and be better. Never the woe is me. So I've never seen that victim mentality. I've never I've never been around friends like that though. I have friends like that. Right. I will say this. And I've had this conversation with my wife because she'll bring it up every now and then when she talks about certain people. She goes, but you know, they had this. And I look at her, I'm like, doesn't, I can, I can empathize. I cannot sympathize Yeah. because everyone's got a story. Everyone. Some people might hear my story. I'm like, wow, that's a rough story. I'm like, is it compared to this guy? You know, I've got friends that have really gone through some traumatic things. Right. Never played the victim. And found a way to do very well for themselves. And I know people who have had everything available to them and can't get their shit together. Absolutely. So, And and there are people, don't don't get me wrong, it's like I don't want to come across as being heartless in any way, shape, or form, but it's like I don't mind helping the helpless. I just don't want to help the clueless. There's a very big difference between help and enabling. Yeah. Help is meant to get you from one location to another. A bridge helps you cross a gap. Right. Someone carrying you on their back across that bridge is enabling you to not do shit. It's the old give a man a fish versus teach them the fish. Bingo. You know. 
Same water that you know, uh, that, are there that hardens some, an egg, softens a potato. <laughs> there you go. But there aren't. There unfortunately are certain people, like I said, that embrace this victimhood that will completely let it hamstring their lives. And well, I will say this too, as far as people who I have met who you know love the victimhood, and I'm going to say this. I know you talked about Charlemagne, but I've seen people of all races, all colors, all, race. Yeah, yeah, just always. They find it, the one thing that I find with a lot of those people that love to play the victim, they'll blame their surroundings for their situation Mm -hmm. and they play the victim. But a lot of times the biggest problem in their life is themselves. Of course, that's what I mean. They're not taking themselves seriously. It's easier to blame your surroundings than to blame the person in the mirror. Yeah, absolutely. That's hard to do. Fucking A. It's hard to look in the mirror and say, I fucked up my life. No, no, it wasn't me. It was it was my high school football coach. Right. He should have started me. No, no, it wasn't me. It's because my dad walked out. No, 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 it wasn't me. It was because I got the wrong this skin color. When I, I got the five. wrong religion. Yeah, yeah, I got the yeah. wrong this. I got the wrong that. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop. There's a path to success. Right. And there's a path to sitting on your couch and doing nothing. Problem is that path to success, it's a little bit harder. Fucking A. Absolutely. I, there was one thing that I wrote down that... The, about being or taking yourself seriously is that you stop being soft. In other words, you're, you're not saying yes to low quality things and low quality people. You know, when you take yourself seriously, you don't deal with that kind of bullshit. hundred percent. You know, you, you sense it a mile away that, that this person's going to be a negative influence in your life or this particular purchase or, or the drugs or whatever it happens to be. That's not taking yourself seriously. So I remember in high school, like I didn't start going to parties until, or like hanging out with kids outside of school until mm-hmm. probably uh, end of my junior year, halfway through my senior year. You know, I didn't have girlfriends in high school. I didn't date because I really wanted to do something else. I wanted to, you know, play football at a collegiate level. And that took all my attention. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It, you know, you can tell me your goals all day long, but your actions are going to tell me what you uh, really want. There it is right on the nail. Yeah, I want my own business. Okay, what are you doing to get there? I want to become a manager in a company. Okay, what are you doing to what get there? What are you there? doing? I, I, you know, I want a good marriage. I want to have a, you know, a, a nice house. Well, okay, well, what are you doing to get there? Bam. I want to lose 10 pounds. Uh, yeah, there it's you like, go. Well, maybe put down that fucking Snapple. Drink a water. <laughs> you know, it's little things. The little things, the little things. Baby, baby. Uh, the other thing about people that take themselves uh, seriously. Oh, real quick, not to yeah, cut yeah, you yeah. off, but I, I just grabbed my little stuffed Michael Myers. Yes. And we were talking about, you know, taking yourself seriously yeah, yeah, yeah. and giving things for your family. So this little Michael Myers was a gift from my kids uh-huh. for Father's Day. There you go. Because Benny loves his little stuffies. So he got me one. <laughs> he took his first class all summer. Uh, Because he was going to a reading camp on Saturdays. So he took his first jujitsu class on Tuesday. Nice. And he walked in and he saw it on my desk and this smile on his face. And he goes, that's the stuffy. I was like, yeah, dude, I love it. Look how I keep it on my desk. He's like, that's so cool. But you can tell that he was just like, (laughs) it meant so much to him that it's not missing. It's actually in daddy's school at his desk. Reminding me of you, Benny. Yeah. Wow. It made him feel like, oh shit, like 
That's awesome. You care. So I was just like, so when I just saw it right now, I was like, these are the little things that matter. <laughs> dang right. Dang right. Plus, it's fucking dope. <laughs> Such yeah, a cool it is pretty Michael cool. Myers stuffy. Um, I'm going to make that the cover for this episode's podcast. I like it. I like it, man. I, I think people that do take themselves seriously, though, they obviously, this is such a cliche line, but they don't waste time wondering, you know, worrying about the horse shit, and they don't waste time wondering why it hasn't worked for me or this or that. They take matters into their own hands. I mean, so. And you know what? You could even say this in terms of your BJJ uh, progression. Oh, 100%. You know, bringing it back to the whole BJJ thing. Oh, well, that's a perfect fucking example. You get the guys who are like, I'm not getting better. What can I do to get better? What can I do to get better? And it's like, you are getting better. Yeah, but everyone's getting so much better. What can I do to get better? All right, step one. Stop showing up once every other week. Right. Uh, That's the honest answer. You want to get better at jujitsu? Do some fucking jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You know, but people don't want to hear that because that's a hard answer. Everyone wants this like quick answer. And it's with everything, with jujitsu, with work, with diet. It's like, well, how how did you get promoted? You could sum it all up exactly that way. Just fucking this lame. entire podcast can be summed up that way. Just do it. Just fucking do it. That's why Nike made so much money with that slogan. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. Stop talking. You know, I have someone who I was talking to and they were going to start a podcast. And I told them, I was like, what are you waiting for? They're like, oh, I'm waiting for this and this and this. I was like, just do it. I'm like, while you're waiting for everything, it's never going to happen. They're like, no. I was like, never happened. Don't explain yourself. Don't complain. Don't rationalize. Just do it. Yeah. If you're one of those people that your life is constantly in turmoil and there's like you're constantly in a shit sandwich, stop. What is the common factor? (laughs) Yeah. You. Don't blame your parents. Don't blame your job. Don't blame your... Stop. Take some, maybe not all, but take some fucking responsibility yes. for where you're at in this world. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, maybe you did get a raw deal, but what did you do to just keep fueling that? Exactly. And that's what impressed me about Gordon. I'm sure there were bunches of people that said to him, you're never going to make it or this or that. The other thing, why, oh, you, know, 100%. why you know what I'm saying? But this kid really, really, like, abnormally, in my opinion, focused on this thing and said, I'm taking it to the top. Well, and I want to I touch on that, too, because I talk about all the things that I've done, right? But you got to understand something. I also surrounded myself with people who have already done that. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, you know, if I tell someone, like, I want to school with 300 students, they're like, that's a lot of students. Like, that's crazy. And I'm like, I don't think it's crazy. Right. Like, like that's Tom, that's Ricardo, that's Pete McHugh, that's Gary. Like I don't think it's crazy. I want to have a successful podcast. That's wild. I don't think it's wild. Joe Absolutely. Rogan has eleven million people. Right. I can't get a thousand. <laughs> you know, to me, I'm like, and that's that's how I felt when I played football too. People are like, you really think you can play college football? I'm like, of course. They're like, what makes you think that? I'm like, the fact that there's 116 Division One football teams and they all need 70 guys. Right. Why can't I be one of them? Absolutely agree. Everyone thinks you have to be special. You don't have to be that special. Yeah. You just got to work. Last part of this whole thing. There's something beyond this. There's something that's in your in in your head. In other words, you take what you are saying seriously. You your values, your ideals, whatever it happens to be, you are taking that seriously. You believe in yourself. Th- that not just believe in yourself but believe in what you're pursuing yeah that's that's why yeah. i got fired from fye 
I didn't believe in the product. <laughs> I didn't believe in the product. I couldn't push the membership, and they fired my ass. Okay. And I told them, I was like, they said, you know, we're not going to keep someone who just wants to play Madden all day. Right. And I said, I don't blame you because I don't want to work somewhere that charges for a membership to still to still overcharge you from what Best Buy charges. Right. And the guy was like, you have a great day, Miguel. It was very nice getting to you. I was like, see you later, George. I didn't blend in. The second I got into that FYE, they were giving me the side eye and looking at me weird because mm-hmm. they were all, you know, fucking like, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Dorks. <laughs> oh, it was awful. You might want to explain what FYE is because I don't even think there were any of those stores FYE anymore. FYE was a, you know, before, <laughs> FYE stood for For Your Entertainment and they sold DVDs and CDs, right. compact discs. Mm-hmm. Before we could listen to music on our phones, on Spotify and just stream it, we had to have a physical uh, disc. Yep. Prior to that was a cassette tape. Yep. And prior to that was a... a now, would a, you say FYE was like Spencer's? Like that sort no, of kitchen No, FYE was like a Sam Goody. Okay. And which nobody knows what Sam Goody is any nope, longer. No, it doesn't exist. Which is such a bummer to me. I used that's to why live I, in those places. That's why I always love that line from the movie uh, The Social Network, mm-hmm. where the one guy's talking to the guy from Napster. And he's like, dude, newsflash, you lost. He's like... Did I lose? <laughs> He's like, yeah. He goes, sure. I lost. Hey, when's the last time you've been to a Sam Goody? Right. And the guy looks at him. He goes, did I lose? And it's like, oh, shit. He lost money, but he won that fight. Mm-hmm. It's like, stop making me exactly. pay $17 for one good song. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it, brother. Fun fact. What percentage of Americans... Love America. God, it should be 100%. Of course. But I'm going to say it's probably 41. It was 52%. 52% of the population loves America. Now, how did it break down by generation? Okay. Of the 52% that love America. Okay. How many of them were boomers? How much of the 50% was were boomers? What are you, let me put it Okay, so 52% of Americans. You get a bunch of boomers. How right. many of them will say they love America? I'm going to say 81%. Very close. It's 78%. Okay. Okay. Gen X. Gen X is the generation right after boomers. I'm going to say uh I'm going to say it's going to drop down to I I, I want to say I want to say that it kind of loops. Let me see. With I'm going to go with uh, 54%. 54%. Fuck yeah. Oh, fuck. Let's go. That is Let's unbelievable. Go. <laughs> That's crazy. Fucking go. Out of, a, out of the millennials, okay? And what percentage are they? I'm going to say that with the millennials, it kind of came back up. And I'm going to say something like 61%. Uh-uh-uh. Kept going down. <laughs> yeah. Damn. It's 36%. 36. And here's the biggest kicker of them all. You want to talk about educating people absolutely incorrectly. Gen Z. What, percent, what percentage of them love America? It's got to be like 12%. 16%. Yep. That is pathetic. They're too woke. It's just they're being so miseducated by these people but that's why i think that's why i think the percentages for the gen x and the millennials is probably low 
Not because they don't so much not love America, but they just don't love where it's going. Well, I mean, listen, I'll take like I said, I'm I'm right on the cusp of Gen X and Baby Boomer, and it's like we were just never given this kind of information that America's a bad place, that America's like original sin kind of shit. We were proud of America, yeah, especially during the '80s. Great time. I think there's a lot of misconceptions too about people thinking how great it is in other countries. Oh, it's like go. total misconception. Go check it out, man. You'll be back. I always love the Muhammad Ali line. They said uh, it, during the uh, the thrill in Manila, not thrill in Manila, the, the fight with George Foreman, mm-hmm. uh, Rumble, Rumble in the Jungle. jungle. Yeah. They said, uh, you're in Africa now. What'd you think? And, and this and that. And he said, I thank God my forefathers got on that boat and came to America. Think about that. Hell yeah. It's, mm, yeah, people got to travel. It's not. It's a shit world out there. Yeah. Really, don't really stay is. on the resort. Yeah. Get off the resort. <laughs> See what's going on. See what's going on out there. All right. Are you ready for game here? ADCC trivia. Oh, I'm going to f- I'm gonna fail. No, 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 man. I think you're going to do great. All right. Name the weight classes. 66, 77, right. 88, 99, plus 99. And for the women, I believe it's... I didn't even do the women, but... The, you know. Well, now they're introducing a second one for oh, the women. They? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be two women's divisions now. And the last one was absolutes. Absolutely doesn't count. It's not a weight division. It's <laughs> I'm the just lack saying, of like, weight division. So what is 66 translate to is 145, 77 is 169, 88, yeah, 193. 193, and then 99 is like 207. It's 218. 218. That's right, 218. Okay. How many, this is, I, I was blown away by this. How many different countries have an ADCC champion? How many different countries? Yeah. Out of all the countries that have competed... In ADCC, how many countries actually have a representative? I'm going to say four. Pretty damn close. It's six. Six. And the countries are U.S. U.S., Brazil. Right. Uh, Canada. Nope. No, Canada doesn't have one. Uh, Russia. It's Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Oleg Tektarov. Yeah. Um not Oleg Tektarov. Um, it's a different guy. I forget his name. Bakaraka, Bakareev. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Um, let me see what else. Let me think about this. Uh, These are somewhat obscure countries, but I don't know. I can't think. Japan, Norway, yeah, Norway, <laughs> and South Africa. Who from Norway? I don't know. I just wrote it down. I, I checked the list because that's what blew me away. I'm looking at the list of the champions. And it's all Brazilian flags and American flags. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it was much more Brazilian. They just dominate. In the beginning. Yep. It's changing now. Uh, is slamming allowed? Slamming is allowed only when you are inside of a submission. Benga. That's what it is. Only in submissions. A uh, perfect example of that is the Rico Rodriguez, Marcelo Garcia. Marcelo was on Rico's back. He had the, the backpack on. Right. And uh, Rico just slammed straight back. Now, if Marcelo would have had his neck around or his hand around the neck and actually been threatening the choke, legal. But it wasn't. However, Marcelo did not take a DQ. He he wanted to continue the match. Good deal. Love then it. he won. Uh, who was the first absolute champ? I knew you were going to ask this fucking question. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, God. We're going back. I'm going to yep. say something crazy like Mark Kerr. Close. Mario Sperry. Ah! That time frame, though. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was going to be one of those Hall of Famers. All right. If you're from a Mideast country or an African country, 
where are you competing in or what the group do you uh are you part of what do you mean okay the tournament is held where if you're from the mid-east or africa where are you going to compete i don't know where europe oh okay okay. i get what you're saying okay i get what you're saying Gotcha. That there question got go. me a little bit. I was like, what the fuck? Okay. I was like Vegas. <laughs> Cade Rutolo. Both yeah. Rutolos. What's yeah. their ethnicity? It's a great question. I'm going to go. Well, they're from California. So I'm going to go with Rutolo. Rutolo. I'm going to say Brazilian and black. Nope. Italian and Puerto Rican. Really? <laughs> there you go, my friend. That's my fucking son. Little Port <laughs> Italians. I like them a lot more that now. That is exactly... That's why I brought the question up. I wasn't going to ask the question, but I was thinking of Benny's... I'm a fucking bigger fan of them now. <laughs> no, my money's on now. Who had the or who has the highest submission rate of all time? I believe it's Hodger. No. Is it Gordon? Nope. Marcelo? Nope. Think who? Light Locks. Dean? Dean Lester, 84%. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. I mean. How many matches, though? I don't know. I'm just, you know. Uh, what is the name of the ADCC owner? That is, uh, oh, my God. Why can't I think about it now? Because I remember they told me to move because I was going to be in a seat. It's like uh, Hamza. I have Sheikh Tanun. Yeah. There yep. you go. That's who it is. Name the only person, competitor, non-competitor, that is banned for life. <laughs> that, uh, that just happened. Um, oh, my God. Why can't I think of names? He's the guy from Unity. <sighs> Give me his name. Marillo Santana. Marillo Santana. And I, dude, he I, is the only person yeah, that is banned Marillo. for life. Do you know why? No. Oh, I can tell you why. Okay. I mean, it's not a secret. So at the it, at the ADCC Open, I was there. Okay. I literally just missed it by like maybe 10 minutes. Uh, I can't remember who the competitors were, but the competitors got into a fight. Okay. And they started scuffling. And Murillo jumped in and got in the middle of it, and then he pulled a fucking knife. No. I swear to God. <laughs> pulled a fucking knife, and that was it. I remember I got to the hotel. They're like, yo, somebody pulled a knife. And I'm like, what? And then I saw it was Murillo. And Mo was like, he's fucking done. done. <laughs> nice. Done. Last question. Who is the youngest ever to compete? Youngest ever was it Nikki? There it is, Nikki Ryan. He was fifteen. Absolutely. There yeah. you go. Good and job. then Cole. Yeah, he was just above. I think he was sixteen. Yeah. Well, here's the thing though. Nikki, I believe, got the invite, whereas Cole okay. is the youngest ever. Cole Abate is the youngest ever to win an ADCC oh, trial. Okay. He won it at sixteen years old. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and competed at seventeen. Good job, Punched Cole. His ticket. Beauty. All right, my man. Big question. I saw. What I consider to be the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Went to the theaters and I saw the Barbie movie. This is the worst piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, I, it was unbelievable how bad it was. Okay. Okay. It struck every level of <laughs> my masculinity, of my testosterone level, of my patience with bullshit. It hit every one of those things and Dying. pissed me off to the point that I'm like, I cannot believe I spent money on this thing. 
I'm okay. dying. The yeah. worst fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. All right. So <laughs> the big question for you is, what is the worst movies you've ever seen? I'll tell you right now, worst movie I've ever seen is Halloween Ends. Oh, because you were so disappointed with it, yeah. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hands down, worst movie I've ever seen, Halloween Ends. Wow. Won't even won't even get me to see it again. I want nothing to do with it. Wow. Yeah, because this was the newest one, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're taking it in a bad direction. Yeah, horrible direction. Wow. The only direction they're taking that to is, is the trash. <laughs> nice. Um, now let me think. Other bad movies where I was like, Jesus, that was that was brutal. Have you ever walked out of a movie? No. Wow. I've no. walked out of two. Which two? Uh, Pretty in Pink. And really? That, well, that had to do with the fact that like I, like I was just dating Lane at the time. And it's like we were just hands all over each other and like, get, let's get the fuck out of here. I mean, this movie sucks and I want to get laid. It's and fantastic. there you go. <laughs> so that was that. That's fantastic. Lane's like, let's, I'll show you something else. Pretty <laughs> I'll show you. You're like, hello. <laughs> Gotta like, go. I think she's talking about naughty bits. Gots to go. So, uh, what was another shitty movie? Um, Oh, oh, uh, one of those fucking Marvel movies was horrible. Oh, Fantastic Four was terrible. Yeah, it was pretty bad. You know what movie I really did enjoy now that you reminded me? I didn't like the, uh, the, the, not the Edward Norton, but the other Incredible Hulk. Oh, the Hulk with the Eric Bana? Yeah, I didn't like that one. No, I kind of liked that one. I mean, but it wasn't as good as the Edward Norton one. No, the Edward Norton was pretty good. It was really good. And Hickson's in the beginning. Right, right. He's doing the the, uh, the breathing. Yeah, the breathing. You must learn to control your anger <laughs> with breathing exercises. I just finished the book finally. Fantastic. Yeah. Breathe. At Hicks and just, oh my God, what a dude. Putting it on my list of audibles. Holy shit. You want to know what I'm listening to right now? What do you got, babe? I needed to take a mental break. Okay. So I downloaded Goosebumps. Night of the oh, Living I Mummy. saw you posted that. Yeah, like, fuck yeah. You know what? Dude, that makes sense. R.L. Stein. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, there's a bunch of people. Jason loves that shit. It's a two-hour play. Yeah. Well, you had the Night of the Dummy? Night of the Living Dummy, Night of the Living Dummy Part 2. That's a good one. Part That's two. a scary one. Yeah. I remember reading Night of the Living Dummy Part 2, uh-huh. and I would, for some reason, I would always read in the bathroom. Like, not even on the toilet, <laughs> just like on the it's bathroom floor. Thing. And I remember like I'd get so scared at certain points, I'd have to close the book and run upstairs. <laughs> like, That's creepy. I'll give you my, my the, the best one I ever read was Amityville Horror. Okay. I'm reading the book and I'm alone in the house. I think I'm like 13 years old at the time and I'm upstairs and it's really a scary book. And suddenly out of nowhere, the smoke alarm goes off. I must've hit the fucking roof. I was so scared. I just like, Oh, I fucking <laughs> bet. I was the only one in the house. It's like, uh, uh, uh. I was like, I just like, I freaked out. Bro, You just gave me chills. Yeah. So yeah. I ran out of the house and left my dog in the house. <laughs> like a schmuck so i said i can't leave my dog in there the house is gonna burn down so i run back in and i get my dog and i'm like let me check it out before i run out of this house let me see what's going on you know what it was in the dishwasher they one of the tupperware tops was on the uh the heating coil oh um, and i'm like oh man and that was it that's my big story thank god <laughs> thank god I think Joe Biden told a similar story in Hawaii when what talking to people that lost all their shit. This ground is hot. Could you imagine? No kidding, dipshit. And listen, this isn't me being pro-Trump, or but could you imagine if Trump would have done that? Oh, my God. He's such a fucking... And then he's talking about like 
my house almost burned down. And yeah. More importantly, my Corvette almost burned down. Yeah. And apparently the story is very exaggerated. Oh, like, that's not what happened at all. <laughs> backhand that dipshit. Oh, man. You know, it's, but it's I got to say this. I got I to gotta say this. I... I I don't have anything against Joe. He's an 80-year-old guy. He should be sitting in a wheelchair with, with a blanket over his legs. That's what I think and, is the and problem. And just, you know, watching uh, The View or whatever the fuck. I, I blame the people that voted for this schmuck. And there you go. So I wouldn't let Joe Biden drive my kids around. Exactly. Yep. Like, I barely like when my mother-in-law drives. She's <laughs> exactly. 70. I'm like, nah, exactly. Pat, like, you know, you're done. Yeah. No. And, and the problem is that there's a significant number of people that are going to vote for this guy again. So, term limits. We need them all across the board. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we got so heavy duty political. But yeah, dang, we're heading into that. Eh, season. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna label this episode tapping in the non jujitsu episode. <laughs> yep, pretty much. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Bye, bye.